welcome to episode 210 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello! And Matt Cassell. Hello! It is Monday night, August 28th, and tonight we're going to talk television theme songs. Cartoon theme songs, sitcom theme songs, drama theme songs. The three main poles of TV. Cartoons, drama, and sitcom. I feel like saying sitcom theme songs is kind of hard. Yeah, it sounded weird as I was as I was rolling that out. Yeah. And joining us tonight for the episode is our good friend, Brian Shapinski. What's up, everyone? Hello, Brian. Hello. Matt? For those that don't know, this technically isn't the first time you've heard Brian. He's made appearances in some of our earliest episodes. You heard him in the background saying lines such as, I don't know, maybe. <laughs> Things like that. So... We've teased him for long enough, about 200 episodes in from his last, probably, appearance. Uh, we're we're going to finally have him for a full episode. Any of the episodes where we had Paul's brother, Matthew, tattooing, generally the subject was Brian, so he was there for those as well. But now we, we, uh, we're unleashing him on the masses. Welcome, Brian. Thanks. It's an honor to be here. Before we talk television theme songs, um, I also have a couple unpopular opinions that I wanted to share with the table. And, uh, yeah. Let's do that after some housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. I was okay. getting into, okay, I'm sorry. I was going to do housekeeping first. Uh, Ian, would you like to do housekeeping? Sure. McSauce.com. You can get comics. You can get podcasts. You can get comic book reviews. Just go to McSauce.com and check out all the stuff we have there. If you're a Facebooker, you can find us on Facebook. Just type in MCSOSS and you can find the fan page where you can rail on about how we're not updating or our stuff is stupid or whatever you want. Or tell us that it's awesome. Some people do that as well. How we're not updating is a ludicrous argument because that is all we do is update. You may not like the content, but we are constantly providing you with content you don't like. Always be contenting. You can also find the podcast a number of ways. We're in the iTunes store. You can also go to Stitcher. And you can find us on Podomatic. And our classic episodes are on Libsyn. So if you go to mixsaucepodcast.libsyn.com, you can check out all the the whole catalog of Mixsauce goodies. You can go back to episode four whenever Brian walks into the room and we say, Hey, Brian, what do you think about this stuff? His first appearance. And if you like what Brian has to offer tonight, where can we find Brian? Brian is on Twitter at Brizzle1677. What's 1677, Brian? My birthday. Oh, snap! The 16th month? Well, I don't know. This, well, the 16th of November, 77. So the day and uh, year. That's also your Instagram. I didn't even know that, is it? So there's no way so. for us to know that it was November, other than the fact that you just told us. Right. It's a mystery wrapped in a riddle. Wow. That's how I like to be. That's why you get all those birthday wishes on January so, 6th. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those nights tonight, Paul. I think it is. <clears throat> so why don't you uh, lay on <clears throat> some unpopular opinions, you know, your uh, what you normally 
bring to the table. I like how you, you said it like it was something rare that you do. Like this is a once in a lifetime <laughs> thing. That's all you do is unpopular opinions. I don't I don't think that's true. Oh, you don't? I well think, I uh, think Matt has more unpopular opinions. Matt has more opinions that go against the grain than I do. I am, after all, the Matchbox 20 Pepsi guy. The Miller Lite guy. I am mainstream all the way. I feel like you have a lot of unpopular opinions. Why don't you lay one on us right now, though? Today would have been Jack Kirby's 100th birthday. Oh, boy. I don't like Jack Kirby's artwork. I know it's... I know I'm in a very tiny minority... I don't like it. I think it's big and chunky. Like, I appreciate what he did for the medium, all the creating that he did, all the new characters. You know, half of the comic book universes that are out there are solely because of him, but I don't like half of them. I don't like a lot of that weirdo, goofy, cosmic stuff. I hate the new gods with every molecule of my being. And those molecules look like those dots. Yeah. Those weird the Kirby shit. crackle. Yeah. That's the color of Paul's color and shape of Paul's hate. Yeah, oh, I hope not. So yeah, I I I don't like his stuff. Like I understand what he did for the medium and everything, but I'm not a Kirby fan and being on social media today it was just Jack Kirby Stroke Fest and I love seeing an artist like Nick Darrington's take on some Kirby characters. I love Nick Darrington's art, his work, but as far as the actual Kirby stuff goes, like, I just don't care for it. I'm not sure how many people are out there that consider Jack Kirby to be the king by today's standards outside of his influence and his uh, creative prowess in the industry all those years ago, but like, when you look at his art, even back then, it was, like you said, it was kind of chunky and just kind of whatever, but like, he... He brought a, a level of dynamism to it. He did. And, you know, it, he may have well have been the guy that wrote the How to Draw Comics the Marvel Way, like a really fundamental comic book how-to um, uh, guide that it wasn't Jack Kirby that wrote it, but it may well have been because the style is that style. And I feel like those are fundamentals that whether they're in that chunky style or more of a Rob Liefeld or a Jim Lee, those are all basic principles that, that Jack Kirby, I think, really brought to comic books. Uh, because until him, it was shit like uh, Steve Ditko, who would draw like a really flat, kind of boring, you know, Spider-Man, or Bob Kane, who, you know, had... Like, those panels were not very dynamic. Bob Kane, who um, got other people to draw his stuff and then he signed his name on it but the point is like there wasn't much excitement to the illustrations until guys like Kirby kind of like pioneered that so I don't know if it's that oh my god this is the greatest artist ever it's more like what his um, involvement in comics represents on like a larger scale I, I appreciate that I, I really do too. Do. I think I think everybody does, and I think that's what everybody is kind of like worshiping at his altar for that, and then the characters that he created on top of that, which I'm much less a fan of. His characters, yeah, like Thor doesn't really do much for you. Well, like Captain America, fucking play it out, right? Well, he wasn't. Was well, he, he didn't create either of those characters. He created Captain America. Jack Kirby absolutely did. The original Captain America is uh -huh. Jack Kirby. Alright, well, Captain America's okay. 
Um, he didn't create Thor. But all those, I didn't all say weird, he did. All, I, I thought he did. All that weird 70s shit, like all the stuff that, all the Fantastic Four weird shit, all the new guns shit. You don't like shit, Fantastic like Four, you don't like Doctor Doom. Marvel cosmic stuff. Like, uh, I like the, I like a handful of the main characters, but overall, shit just, shit just gets so wacky, I just, I, I don't like it. Like, if I never saw the new gods again, or even, like, someone like Galactus, it's just like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, he also, uh, uh, whatever, you don't have to, you don't have to like everything that he did. It's just, like, <clears throat> classic films. It's difficult for some people to go back in time and really appreciate classic films, so they further the medium. That's exactly what Kirby did. You know, nobody has to... You don't have to love it. Yeah. Actually, Paul, um, Jack Kirby did create Marvel's Thor. Uh, he created Marvel's Thor. Yeah. He didn't Jer- create Thor. Well, okay. He created Marvel's Thor. The Thor that's is... The, that's the him. Thor that we're talking right. about. Did anybody... Was anybody here confused about the Thor that we were talking about? Well, apparently, I, yeah, Paul I was, was because I didn't think he created Captain America. Well, that's your own confusion. He he did. <clears throat> What's the difference between regular Thor and Marvel? The the um the legend of Thor, like the, the Norse, Norse the god mythology. Yeah. Okay. And the, this picture right here, which you can't see, listeners, but Brian, that's Marvel's Thor. Y- you know, right? Chris Hemsworth, the one that we talk about on this show all the time. Oh, you <clears throat> mean the um. The Brian Hitch Thor. What? Huh? Chris Hemsworth is Brian Hitch. That's the Brian Hitch Ultimate Thor. Oh, that's goodness. not Kirby's Thor. It's going to be one of those nights. You guys can roll your eyes all Jesus you want. Jesus Christ. Hem- Hemsworth is not based did, did, on Kirby's Thor. That Thor is... That's not even the same thing. The Ultimate Thor and... That, that costume's not the same. It's not the same look at all. And Brian Hitch didn't write that, so... He drew. Right, so... Right. Uh, Oliver Kloipel probably drew a closer Thor to the Thor that's in the movies, but splitting hairs. Move on with your other... That's what we we do here. I also don't like all that weirdo Thor shit. Is that the other thing you were going to bring up? No, just still on the same, like, Kirby creating all this stuff. Like, all the... All those designs and everything for um, where the fuck Thor's from? Where does he come from? Asgard. It's called Asgard. Yeah, all that stuff. It's like some big weird. Like it could just could just be another New God's planet. Um, the second thing, and this is much newer. This is much fresher. Is um, I'm still gonna play it out and make sure that I have a definitive answer for this. But as of right now, I don't like Rick and Morty. Yeah. Ooh, that's going to be an unpopular opinion. Um, I didn't think that you would. Uh, it doesn't seem like... You you typically don't like despicable characters, and all of the characters on Rick and Morty are either incompetent or kind of evil, the main characters. Like, um, Rick is kind of pretty much soulless. Um, and there are some episodes where you get a look behind the curtain where you see some of his humanity, but generally... He's kind of a prick, and you, for some reason, don't like your uh, protagonists to be that unlikable. I don't. I only watched four episodes. I don't know what happens in subsequent episodes or seasons, but 
Yeah, so far, like, and beside, aside from the characters, I don't think it's all that funny. Like, there's some stuff that I think is funny, but it's never anything to do... The only time I think something's funny is when it's Chris Parnell's dad that's involved. Whenever, like, the... Yeah, he's... The, the Christmas episode where they do, like, the inner space Jurassic Park theme park inside the guy's body. Yeah. The whole episode's split. Half of it feels like a family guy episode with Chris Parnell as Morty's dad and what's happening at home. And the other half is Rick and Morty off doing this weird inner body, inner space thing. And It doesn't surprise me that you like Jerry, who's the worst character on that show. Is that the dad? That's the dad. Yeah, everything involving him is funny. Like, I, I, I like the story, uh, the story so far. I like the comedy they use with him. There's a lot of, um, you know, I mean, we are not highbrow on this podcast or anywhere, but like I was thinking about it today, like we don't, like we, we'll say like, you know, come and make dick jokes and stuff, but we don't do gross humor. We don't talk a lot of farts. Uh, or, we don't? We don't talk a lot of farts or poop or vomiting or like any weird stuff like that. I don't know. Before we cracked the mics open, we were talking about the hard shell casing of poop in the toilet. So. I wasn't here for that. And that's not something that normally makes it on air. Um, I don't know. I think we get pretty gross, dude. Yeah, like all the... It's, it's just too weird. Like all the comedy that's supposed to be surrounding the main characters I don't like. I like a lot of the subtle stuff, but I don't think there's enough of that to sustain me on it. I'll finish the first season, but I'm just going to play out the string and see if... Uh, See if there's another another hook in there somewhere because I think there are nah, there are good qualities of it, but ultimately four episodes in, I'm pretty unimpressed. You're not gonna enjoy it. Um, I'm not surprised that you don't like it. Even Do you? I like it. Um, you might, you might. Yeah, I've heard it's awesome, but I've that's seen what I've that. heard too. But then again, apparently I'm the one that goes against the grain more often, even though I can freely admit who fucking created Thor. That's not going against the grain. It is. It's going against the grain of you, like freely, freely admitting who created Thor is knowledge. That's not going against the grain. But I you, didn't know but then that. you, but then you just fought us on like which Thor we were talking about. Like, come on, man. You did. Yeah. Don't look at me like that. You just fought us on which Thor we were talking about on this comic book podcast. Because that we've only ever talked about two Thors, both of them this being is, fucking comic book Thors. This is the Thors. North mythology episode where we're going <laughs> to get into some Odin and some Thor. Not, not those silly comic book characters that we've been talking about for 209 That's episodes. That's fine. That's fine. But Chris Hemsworth has more in common with Brian Hitch's version, the Ultimates version, than that goofy-ass 70s Kirby shit. All right. Let's get into the episode proper, shall we? I can't wait to fight about TV fucking theme songs. I don't think we're going to fight about TV. We, we might. In here. <laughs> we fought about which Thor was Thor. I have a feeling there will be some... Unpopular opinions? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on... I, I didn't think Kirby created Thor. Like, that's just, you know, my poor knowledge. So, yeah, but, you know, lump all that early Thor stuff into more Jack Kirby stuff I don't like. So... Brian, why don't you why don't you tell us a little bit about television theme songs? 
Let's get warm and cozy with the Briz. Oh, <laughs> the Briz. Um, Have we made you uncomfortable with all this fighting? Like, it's, it's kind of like your parents. I was going to say, it feels like Daddy just slapped Mommy at the dinner table. But... You know that this is what we do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Which one is Daddy and which one's Mommy? I'm it's my two dad, my three dads. <laughs> my three. <laughs> Brian, let's let's start you off with something easy. What's your favorite sitcom? Not theme song, just sitcom in general. Oh, the Golden Girls. What? Absolutely. Really? Yeah. Great, great show. You. Fantastic theme song. Yeah. I hated that show when I was a kid, and now it has this cult following against thirty, like with thirty somethings, and I haven't revisited it since I was a kid. So in my head, it still sucks, even though it must be pretty good. Like, there was a show that I used to hate when I was younger. Something tells me I'd probably like it if I watched it now. Mama's Family. Uh, you didn't like Mama's Family? I was never, Not, I was no, never crazy no. about Mama's Family. I was, I was probably about 11 years old when they were putting it on at like 10 o'clock at night. Back, they would put it on Fox. You would have it from 10 to 11, two episodes of Mama's Family, and then from 11 to midnight, you would have two episodes of Married with Children. Am I right or am I wrong? Mama's Family was White Medea, right? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Mama's Family was one of those shows that I thought should have gotten... Maybe, maybe when we were watching it as kids, that was its syndication run, but that should be something that's on now that's never... On. Yeah, I it is. It, it's on it, TV Mom's land. Family. It's like it, it's on TV land. It's like it I disappeared. Just, TV land. Eh? Well, well yeah. what what are the rules for I syndication? Can you only be on like? Are there rules for syndication? You like run, you can only be. You need to run a hundred episodes. I, I knew that, but like to continue like and re up a show into syndication is is there some? Because it feels like it goes in blocks. Like all the stuff that we watched in the eighties. It's very difficult. Oh, to you find mean it. like it can only go for like so many years? Yeah, like a network might only be able to have it for so remember, many years or something like that. Remember when we were little tykes and Nick Fair. at Night would come on and it would be shit like Mr. Ed, right? And Green Acres and yeah, right. And then my three sons. I, I don't remember that for sure, but I'm you gonna take your my three sons. I don't. When but, we were kids, yeah, Fred McMurray. You'd have you'd have Bewitched. maybe like Bewitched. I, I dream of Bewitched. Uh, but but then <laughs> then you know you had maybe the next generation you have like humor. the Bob Newhart show and maybe then got into the new Newhart show and then once I finally hit like college high school college we started getting shit from the nineties in there that's when I became began my love affair with Roseanne once it was in Nick at Night syndication you didn't love Roseanne on its original run never really really yep that's Jesus. crazy you stroke that show. I thought for sure you were ass in seat every night. Nope. Original ne run of that Never show. watched a single episode when it originally aired. That Not is wild. One. That's a great sitcom. But, mm -hmm. it, well, it still is. Yeah, oh yeah. It, I'm excited for the, the for the revival of they're that gonna, one. They're going to ruin your favorite show, though. I don't think so. Hmm? I don't hey, think so. They didn't ruin his favorite trilogy with the prequels. So we're reviving this, Roseanne. This thing's got a chance. It's a Netflix thing, right? Oh, jeez. Is that right, Matt? No, I, it's, I don't know. it's going to be on ABC. Oh, okay. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but did Dan Connor died? At, he, he did at right? the end of the show. John Goodman is going to be in this new show, though. I think they're going to pretend the final season didn't happen. Uh, that was the... What a retcon. That was... Yeah, right. But 
this is good because everybody unanimous unanimously says that final ninth season when they won the lottery and they become became millionaires was terrible. And it, from what I I never watched all of it, and it was the show got really bad. Yeah, during like the I thought, seventh season, I thought the last it, two seasons were pretty awful actually. Yeah. <laughs> but up until then, it was fantastic. Once they um like the loose meat place. No, no, no. no it's still good then. Or where was was it? Was it the they, loose meat place, and then they worked in the mall diner? No, no the mall, the diner, mall diner, diner was first. When did they own the? They had like a bike shop or something. That was, was that, that was way early. Yeah, oh, okay. That was, that was before the diner. Okay. I think mm-hmm. I. Flamed oh, out, was it? No, no. The diner was first, and, and then and the then, they, and then they kind of overlapped. But yeah, okay. Um, diner definitely came first. Diner came in season three. Wow. Bike shop. I didn't was, think it was that soon. I think I was done with it around the bike shop time. Somewhere. It was still around. really good then. It, yeah. It um, got. It got. I thought it got stupid after they won the lottery. Well, it did, but it got kind of like dumb even before that, where they started turning characters into caricatures which yeah. is always like the death like the sign of death for any show they do it a lot in a lot of shows where they turn characters that have like defining characteristics and they just amplify those up to like a thousand and then they become cartoon characters they turn mark usually it's, you turn characters dumb mark the boyfriend was kind of like kind of a dumb guy but like they turn him into a, a cartoon character the same thing with Married with Children with Kelly. Like, she was a dumb blonde, but then they turned her into a total retard. Anyway. Can't say that word anymore. Oh, sorry. Retard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Briz, are there any other, besides the Golden Girls, what are some of other uh, TV shows that are in your wheelhouse? Just to give the listeners uh, sort of like a... An idea of, of the kind of guy that they're dealing with tonight. Um, Perfect Strangers. Um, Charles in Charge. Always a favorite of mine. Um, even though <coughs> Scott Bayo's completely nuts now. Is he? Why yeah. is he nuts? Um, is he like, did he find God? No. No. Politics. I don't know what he found. Yes, he found politics. Yeah, he, he found politics. Say no more. He's not even like nuts, nuts. He's just like way right. Yeah. And just like overly vocal about things he probably shouldn't be so vocal about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although that's always a slippery slope. Like, just because they're famous for being an actor. It, they're still allowed to speak their mind and have an opinion, and right. maybe they know more than we do. Honestly, I, you know, I don't know. I don't agree with what he says, but I agree that he has a right to stand up there and get behind everything that that he. I don't supports. I guess really ever like when actors bring politics into their, you know, into their craft at all, uh, regardless of which way it goes and. Right wing is usually like more rare than you know Hollywood's usually leaning more left, but I it's annoying either way, frankly. Yeah. So, like Charles and George, great sitcom. The uh, Buddy was the guy who went way Christian, right? Doesn't didn't he star in Bible Man? Is that right? <coughs> yeah, is that right? Bible Man. Willie Ames starred as a Bible Man in a Christian in a Christian show. 
that's it. It, it was like a that. series too, right? Yeah. Like wasn't it a bunch of Bible men? I don't know. I think it, he was just like the like fake Christian superhero. No, I mean like it was. It there were many of these Bible man shows, right? Or no? I didn't think so. I thought it was just him. Oh. No, I mean like just him, but like lots of them. Oh yeah, like that's right. what he did after Charles. Yeah, Charles. yeah. The okay. one, the the guy that ended up like going off and getting into uh, just like a whole different world. It's it's not from a TV show, but like he's he's the best friend. It's not from a TV it's show. It's not. It's not a TV show. I'm sorry, but like, so you talk about Buddy, the best friend from Charles in Charge. Remember the movie Fright Night? Vaguely. Uh, they're the best friend in that the first kid that becomes a vampire his name was Evil Ed he kind of had that flat top in real life he went on to star in a lot of gay porn <laughs> didn't see that coming did, no. definitely did not see that coming no no yeah in, well, in, in certain favorites such as Motel Sex Buff and Gay Black men, white men. Hey, you gotta do what you love, right? And 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 Ian's personal favorite, butt blazer. Fuck, that one's so good. Matt, I thought you were gonna bring up Kirk Cameron, who well, also Kirk, made a hard turn into Christianity. He did. Oh, he really did. He did. I don't think uh, the guy that played Evil Ed, his real name is Stephen Jeffries. He did not make a hard turn into Christianity. He just made a hard turn, if you know what I mean. Into some cocks. Yeah. <laughs> Back right up into it. Is that Rick and Morty stuff, player? No, like, I mean, we do filthy sex stuff all the time. Uh, but it's like the weird, like, like poop stuff and, like, gross bodily fluid stuff in Rick and Morty. It was like, it was just, just all seemed like too much. <clears throat> I don't know. I can't explain it. Maybe it was just the way it was done. Didn't we have an episode? Out. I don't know. Uh, let's get we continue. We probably did. We we do gross stuff all the time, so it's weird that you're calling it out for that. I don't. I, it's it's. I don't know. You'll have to find me some exhaust examples, to where I I may be like yeah. I feel like totally we talked right, about but boiters about... on inappropriate places of people's bodies and lancing them. I'm pretty sure we did that. Like we saw a lot about, of something weird about stuff. the way Rick and Morty does yeah. it. I I didn't like it. I don't know, maybe I need more tasteful gross body stuff. <laughs> so, Brian, you're a child of the 80s, lots of 80s stuff, a lot of old school, oh, Nick yeah. at Night. Oh, I still watch that stuff all the time. That's all you watch. I don't think you've seen a new show past 1993. Um, not entirely true. I watched, like, the first three seasons of Big Bang Theory and then kind of just fell out of it. Would you say that's the most recent show that you've seen? Sitcom wise, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, probably. And the majority of your time is spent bouncing between Golden Girls and Unsolved Mysteries. I can't find Unsolved Mysteries anywhere anymore. Better get those Blu-rays. I know, right? <coughs> um, but I still like a lot of Fresh Prince. Uh, classic '80s and '90s. That's where it's at for me. Fresh Prince is so good. It is really good. So, uh, last uh, a couple weeks ago, whenever we got onto this theme theme song talk we had um we were all over the place talking about all kinds of different stuff tonight for the episode we decided we're gonna streamline things a little bit more we're each gonna pick one drama one sitcom 
in one animated theme song to talk to is our top three our pillars of the theme song community and we're going to get into each one of those tonight with some so some honorable mentions i'd like to get some honorable mentions out of the way right now because i deemed as a rule if it's a real song it doesn't count right for example <clears throat> billy joel's my life which was used in the exemplary tom hanks bosom buddies series it's a real song can't be used. Doesn't Remy Zero's Save Me from Smallville. Real song. Can't use it. But something like Big Bang Theory's song, which was created specifically for that show, or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme, those do count. Right. So, um, honorable mentions that I can't use. iZombie's theme. Really what, like what's it. the theme from iZombie? Is it called Already Dead? Yeah, it's called Already Dead by a band called Dead Boy and the Elephant Men. I'll have to look it up. Uh, also, Pretty Little know. Liars theme. Um, Secret, it's called. Real song, real creepy, real good stuff. Uh, and My Life by Billy Joel uh, from the Bosom Buddies show. Holy shit, what a great song that is. So, uh, yeah, there's some, some honorable mentions <coughs> for you. Who wants to kick us off? Do we want to start drama, comedy, animated? Um... Why don't we start with animated? Okay. Keeping it light. Keep it light. Before we get, get into the drama. That's right. Before Curious to hear Matt's pick. For animation? You, does that mean I'm going first? Brian? Sure. Why not? You've been off quiet. Well, I guess I'm... Okay. Uh, He-Man is my pick for animation. Uh, I think it's probably the best theme uh well yeah no oof oh, oh. <laughs> reverse mm-hmm. let me let me revise that this is unprecedented in mcsauce theme talk theme theme song talk <laughs> history theme song theme song talk theme history song. uh Let's go with Batman the Animated Series. Mm. The, you just completely changed your pick? Yeah, I did. Okay. I did. Um, something tells me that we might be seeing that somewhere else uh, in somebody else's favorites. But... Not uh, now that you mentioned it. But um, but I, I wanted to give some love to Batman the Animated Series because it's such a departure from the kind of theme songs that we did have in the 90s, which were cool, but man, are they dated. Like, consider Batman the Animated Series and how what it, that came out 25 years ago and the way that it holds up today. It may as well have just come out yesterday. It holds up brilliantly. My question is, does it count because of the, the bones of that song are taken from the Batman movie? It's definitely inspired by what Tim Burton did in in the two movies, um, but it's I think it's really great music. It, it's, it is, it's and it's unique. different. It, Danny Elfman did like a different spin on right. it. Right. Uh, well, this came after the Danny Elfman stuff, right? No, I know. And but didn't he he scored it though? Right, the theme for the animated did he? series. I, I'm not sure if he did or not. I think he did. Uh, but what's really cool is the way that the music actually follows the action or mm-hmm. vice versa. And and it's just brilliant. It's it's probably 
not only the best theme song for the opening of a cartoon show, but it's also the probably the best opening to a show, period. It's not like it was taking clips from other shows. It was this little piece that kind of showed you everything you need to know about Batman in, like, 30 seconds. And it did it to this really cool music. Danny Elfman also did compose the theme for okay. the animated series. So, yeah, that's my pick, and I think it's a worthy Yeah, pick. yeah, that's great. Uh, it, I might have to put it in my top three. Paul, why don't we take a second and, and <clears throat> listen to... To a clip from that. Or the theme song. Right. We'll listen to the theme song from it. That's a fantastic theme song. Listening to it again, I love all the low-end pianos. I love the percussion that, that, that works along with it. It's really fucking good. And it might just be sentimentality because I love that show so much. But and, and I also love, you know, the John Williams classic scores, but I feel like you could like pull the suit the original Superman theme and use it for something right now. Same with the Star Wars theme, use it right now and that Batman theme and it wouldn't feel like oh that's such a 90s show right unlike something like the X-Men theme song dun, which dun, is dun, 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 yeah really cool theme but as soon as you hear it you're like I know the exact date and time you're like where's my yeah. fucking Mountain Dew have you guys heard though like the John Ottman uh, the ending credits uh, music that he did for the more recent X-Men movies and and how it it borrows from well actually uh, Michael Kamen the guy that wrote the music in the first X-Men movie and then John Ottman wrote the majority of the X-Men uh, movie soundtracks after that built on that but it's all loosely based on the cartoon show you can hear hints of it very much like the way you hear Hints from the Batman the Animated Series. Well, maybe not quite as prominent, but how in Batman the Animated Series you have like just cues and things from uh, the the Tim Burton movies. Same thing with uh, with the X Men stuff. Like it's there if you listen to it. I never noticed that. That's that's pretty cool. If uh, I trust you, that that's how they assembled that score. Um, that's really cool though, because the X Men music, while extremely dated, Paul, I agree. There's a certain segment of X-Men fans and just people in general that know that theme song and, and associate that real closely with the X-Men. Oh, yeah. So it's pretty, I, I love it. While dated, it's like, can it be iconic if it's dated, too? Like, I is think that it's fair? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
I, I I love that X Men theme song, but I love it because of like, you know, I love I love it for what it reminds me of the the nostalgia. Yeah. I love the actual song of it, but you can take that Batman theme as it is. You don't need someone to remake it or rescore it. You can take that exact thing, dump it in something now, and it's not going to sound like it's from 1991. Yeah. Ian, do you want to take us into your favorite animated theme song? Yeah, sure. Because I think we're probably going to line up on this. Yeah, um, I don't know, man. I don't know. Oh, oh, shit. We might. Ian's is Rick and Morty. <laughs> oh, I do like the what? Rick and Morty theme song. You know I do. I do like the Rick and Morty theme song. The Rick and Morty theme song is a take on the Doctor Who theme. <sighs> is that where where it comes from? Yeah. yeah, and they do such a cool job with it. It sounds like a better version of the Doctor Who theme. Yeah, I get. Yeah, it. I, I get like it. the Rick and Morty theme song a lot. There we go. Um, last week we were watching or listening to a lot of theme songs, watching some videos, and getting into it, and I, I had a certain. I, I think there is there are certain things in cartoon theme songs that I really like, and this one really wraps up and embodies everything that I, I enjoy. Some 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 wailing guitar, '80s guitar is what I found is what I like. Shredding '80s guitar and Thundercats theme song has really? all of that stuff. Thundercats, they're on the move. Yes, they are. I, the the opening to the Thundercats it, it kind of it it shows you everything about that cartoon in the theme um, the the song kind of tells you a little bit about everybody the the opening artwork is just really dynamic and it it, it falls in line with a lot of the 80s stuff where some of the best animation is in that opening um, theme part right but it's it, it just gets you it gets you ready and it takes you to Thundera every single time. So Thundercats is is my call. Ian, do you wanna do you wanna listen to a little Thundercats? Absolutely. Yes. Oh, let's oh, Thundercats. Alright, let's give it a listen. Thundercats. I felt the magic. I heard the roar. I think I just changed my pick. <laughs> that was awesome. I forgot how good that was. It's yeah. so fucking good. I, I think I need to change my pants. There's, there's back when I was originally listening to those songs, I wasn't into music then as much as I am now. So right. like going back and listening to this, and like 
hearing different stuff now, like, there's some... I've never wanted to be the keyboardist <laughs> in a band before, but if I get to play that fucking song, like, <laughs> leading the intro of that Thundercats theme, it's so fucking cool. It, but it wasn't just keyboards or guitars. Like, it had everything. It had the... the was there a saxophone in there, Paul? There were definitely there were, there horns. horns. There were horns. I, I think there was a saxophone making a... a, a an 80s cameo? What's yeah, the what's um, the laser blast instrument? They had a lot of that. The they sound had effects the cat were... roar instrument. And, and special special recognition to the animation in that opening. Holy crap. It puts most Disney animation to shame. That was stunning. It was absolutely beautiful. I know you just heard it here with us, everybody. But go on YouTube. You have it on your phone. Check out the Thundercats opening. It's, it's, an, it's intense. And yeah, like being able to hear... Just like it's a pretty intricate piece. There's a lot of different parts in it. It's not like even with you know the the animated series thing. Like there's a lot going on in there. There it, it was a score that was put together. It wasn't just oh, I'm gonna play some guitar and sing some songs. Like there's a lot of really cool shit going on in there. And my God, is it intense? I forgot how intense that was. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Thundercats nope. blew Brian's hair back. That might be my favorite now. Fuck you, Golden Girls. Brian, do you want to recover, or or do you want to make your pick at what you formerly had as your? Oh, oh so we can give him a minute if you need. Do yeah, you, you need, need to calm down? We, we got Paul on the docket as well. Um, no, I think okay, I'm good. Okay, here we go. I'm still gonna stick with Masters of the Universe theme. I mean, that's just like that's the probably the first cartoon I remember really getting into and. It's probably a little bit more of a nostalgia thing for me because, let's face it, it's not as good as Thundercats. It's still really good. It's, it is. It, it's really good. But. It's from a time, uh, a couple years before Thundercats. It was before the big like cartoon to toy boom that happened mainly because well, of He-Man. Sure. Yeah, He-Man was was the, um, the the granddaddy of all that stuff. So right. He-Man's not as intense as Thundercats, but it doesn't need to be as intense to be just as good. And as much as as intense as that Thundercats theme is, it was radical. It's never stuck in my head as easily as the He-Man theme is. That's true. You can't really hum the fucking shredding guitar of Thundercats, but you no, can but hum you can, some some mm-hmm. He-Man. Well, Thundercats has lyrics, which yeah. is a little different than Batman the Animated Series, no lyrics and Master of the Universe has some voceovers but no lyrics yeah. right except for man yeah you but that it. also stuck in my head right well that was not only was that in the theme song Brian but that was also what they would use for transitions in between scenes right, right. just to remind you what show you were watching in case you forgot yeah right now Brian do you want to listen to the Masters of the Universe theme absolutely let's do it alright I never not want to listen to this. And the masters of the universe! I am Adam, Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said... By the power of Grayskull! I have the 
Ranger became the mighty Battle Cat. And I became He-Man, the most powerful man in the universe. Only three others share this secret. Our friends, the Sorceress, Man-at-Arms, and Orko. Together, we defend Castle Greyskull from the evil forces of Skeletor. Diesel. That theme song is fucking diesel. There's a badassness to it that doesn't really translate from the song. Just something about it gets me fired up. I'm ready to well, fucking there's, go. There's two notes that are pretty badass. It's dun dun, and the rest of it's kind of, you know. I also argue cheesy. that the dun 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 dun. That's true. Is also bad. That is That's really, true. but really the, bad. the running theme. Yeah, It's '80s heroic, where you could wear like really short shorts or a loincloth if you wanted. That's true. That's, yeah. we're, they, they were it, just free. The heroes were free in the eighties. Exposed thighs, man. I do expose thighs now. for days. Just nips and bronzer. Fuck yes. Boy, did he lay that on thick. Yeah, that that theme stuck in my head more than any other any other theme, like all the time. Yeah, I would agree. M- mine too. Sometimes me as well. Amazing. Me as well. Sometimes unwarranted. It just shows up. It's a good it's a good melody. Translates to metal if you ever heard a metal version yep. of it. <clears throat> That's good true. Stuff. I don't think I've ever heard the metal version of He Man. I think you did. You Maybe. Have. Oh, Definitely. Okay. Yeah, we've been doing this for two hundred and ten yeah. episodes. I'm sure Matt's oh, you know what? me to You know what we were doing? I think it was when we went to Philly for the Wizard World Con. Oh, I wasn't Ian there. Ian wasn't there because Ian was too good for it. You must you have <laughs> heard yeah. this before. But we were listening to that like metal guitar player play all those different mm-hmm show themes but that's just what it is if a if a song is that good a theme song or whatever if you can take it and and take that melody into a totally different genre that's a really good sign that it's a good song yeah it translates well i'm gonna tell you my pick you're gonna round out the animation round out our uh category animation docket and it is Season one of Transformers. I had a feeling that might D- be Yeah, your didn't pick. see that coming at all. Really? Oh, sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Welcome to the show. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 got a little bit of nostalgia, but it also has screaming 80s guitar. It's well layered. It uses the show's sound effects and like Thundercats, it has better animation than the actual episodes of the show. That was my pick for years and years and years until last week when we re-listened and watched the Thundercats mm-hmm. theme. But Transformers is the foundation of the things that I really like about 80s cartoon theme songs. Why I think that they're the best in the biz. Tells you tells you a story. Tells you about what you're going to be watching. And fucking treads. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, can we listen to it? I would love to. Here we go. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers, robots in disguise. The Transformers, (laughs) 
Well, we also listened to the Generation 2 theme song as well. Generation 1? Season 2. Season 2. Season G1, two. Season 2. G, G1, Season 2. Season 1, fucking awesome. Season 2, not so good. But the end bumper music, fucking awesome. For Season 2. For, for, for it, both. For both. It was, the, for same, both. It was yeah. the same stuff for both. They just changed yeah, the why animation. Why did they change out. it? I'll tell you what, though. The animation itself, folks, do yourself a favor. Go to YouTube and actually watch this stuff because it's not that far removed from the quality of Thundercats in terms of the animation. Like, really good explosions, lots of quality action. It, it really makes that He-Man stuff look antiquated. As a kid, I would get off on pausing and going frame by frame watching the Transformers transform. Yeah, I, I always like that. And, and all the transformations were always so slick. Um, <clears throat> even even the animation in Season 2 mm-hmm. was really yeah. cool. They had a lot of cool moments. Um, when the Constructicons came in and like scooped up that little piece of uh, what... It, I don't yeah. know what it was, like debris and like zoomed then, away. Then Omega Supreme steps in and yeah. steps on something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really cool. And at the end, when Megatron and Optimus fight into it, like the this Tron techno-abyss that sucks them down, it was awesome. So, yeah. And, good. Uh, More know, good stuff, man. Uh, <clears throat> honorable mention to the, the Transformers outro song. Before we started recording, we were talking about the Incredible Hulk outro theme, which Ooh. is the Walking Man, yeah. which is the Sad Hulk theme. That is super That sad. would have been in the drama category for tonight's docket, right? That's so, right. Paul, I like your transitional skills tonight. Let's move in to favorite drama themes. We now, all have one, right? We all have one. Drama encompasses uh, action, adventure... Reality TV before it was reality TV. Or even after it was reality TV, if you're that stupid. Well, they didn't call that stuff reality TV back then. The point is, if it's your favorite, if Big Brother's theme is your favorite theme, it can be. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So, pretty much if it's not not a sitcom or animated. Right. It's going to fall into this category. Drama is a bigger category than, than the other two. Do you want me to kick us off? Uh, no, let's let the guest of honor kick us off here. Oh, me. All right. Let's go, Brian. Gotta go with Unsolved Mysteries. Unsolved Mysteries! There it is. That is a good, very inspired pick, Brian. Why? Because it is the most terrifying music I've ever heard in my life. The most terrifying? Oh, yeah. More it, than, like, Psycho? Yeah. More than... Uh, Halloween? Yeah. More than Friday the 13th? Nightmare on Elm Street? Those are pretty they're, creepy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty creepy, but the Unsolved Mysteries theme song has always, always scared the living shit out of me. For whatever reason. Like... What's fun is that just, I can't think of the Unsolved you don't Mysteries. Know. When I hear it, in a few seconds here, I'm sure I'll remember it, but I can't remember it right well, now. Well, why don't why don't we refresh everybody's memory and, and give it a listen? I can't think of it either. In the intro, I remember there being some ghost shit that scared me, and then some alien shit that was real porn. It's just but super I don't remember terrifying. what the song sounded. Yeah, let's let's, let's, let's refresh our memory and then we'll we'll discuss.
someone's probably going to have to lock me to my car after that. <laughs> it was it's, pretty bone chilling, man. It, it really is. I don't know. I, maybe it's just me, but that has always, like, I think it's really good because it's so intense and the instruments are just really, really good in it, but it just scares the fuck out of me. There's something about... Every time I hear it. It's so o- ominous sounding. It, it feels like a really good horror theme from an 80s movie. Right. It's, yeah. it's very reminiscent of something like a, the Michael Myers Halloween theme. And, and yeah, there's there's something that. about like very simple instruments creating really creepy like feelings with the music and the vibe and everything like psychos just violins but yet it's really creepy music mm-hmm. um it, michael myers stuff is a synthesized keyboard uh this was a piano with like some bow wow behind it whatever that synth was um you know um friday the 13th is a dude just going like how's that but yet those are the creepiest sounds of all. It just works. I don't know. It just It really ugh. did. It really truly brought a sense of tension and, and fear. After we just talked about cartoons for the last 30 minutes, that was like, ugh. <laughs> right? it's, it's ominous. Yeah, exactly. I, I think, think it's more than word. I think it's more than ominous. Something's think, happening on the walk to your car. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dreadful, I would say, not ominous. Mm-hmm. It's the more un- like the unknown. Yes. The unsolved, perhaps. All right, we got uh, we got to move on because I'm, <laughs> I'm fucking. Well, here's what is solved though. <laughs> yeah. Your next pick for your favorite drama TV theme song. Go. Boy, are we going from one extreme to the other? Because my favorite drama theme song is Chips. Nice. Chips. <laughs> Chips. Chips is one of your favorite TV shows of all time, right? Brian and I missed full days of school to stay home and watch chips because like that's TV, a true story TNT or something had like a chips double block on in the mornings right when we were supposed to be going to catch the bus and we get roped into some Ponch and John antics and that was the end of it you guys are disgusting <laughs> but you can't it's I was at just, school every goddamn day learning you, you two losers were I knew I hated you yeah, there were there were a couple of times where we were honestly, you know, sitting on the couch at the apartment. Well, these guys were in high school or skipping high school, and you no, were no, 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 also a true story. Yeah. Notice I don't work in graphic design anymore. So <laughs> I mean, maybe so, maybe I should have went those days. <laughs> Matt, hit me up with this chips theme because this song gets me pumped. This is another one that I also don't have a, a lot of knowledge about. This so is, I'm excited to hear. This is also easily in my top three. Huh. I have no knowledge. I have never watched a second of Chips. You know, I probably have watched a second, but maybe only one or so two. So good. I don't expect this to win many fans, but this one is... Is this a unpopular opinion? All right, let's do it. Here we go.
Paul, I don't know what that was that you just made us listen to. Oh, I did on. not. Th this is the first theme song of the night I don't approve of. You were saying that, oh, I don't know if we're going to get any arguments. Yes, we are. I did not like that. Yeah, I, I didn't like. I'm with you, Matt. I, as I, I was, did not like that either. It, it, first of all, the actual video, right, what we were seeing on screen, mixing with that poor man's version of the Star Trek theme, which is what it sounded like, was as dull as can be. Ian, why were they riding so close together? And that's all they did. Well, was I, ride down the street. From what I could tell, it was just about. Two highway patrolmen in California in love. Like that's what they're. There was some casual flirting as they rode on the highway. Some some chaste glances. You're ridiculous. Like that's all it was. It was a cruising video. They that's actually all. like put each other's hands on each other's accelerators. Right. I, I mean, they didn't do that. Is is that what you call oral sex on the highway? I mean, that's yeah. They did that. They did that. Wow. Well. Tomorrow morning, Brian and I are going out, and we're buying matching motorcycles. And this is all we're going to do for the rest of our day. And drive really, really close to each other. Side by side. Is it legal to drive that close to each other? Yeah, they, that's the in, fucking chips, man. They can only, do whatever they want. Only in California. They drive like stormtroopers, side by side. Yeah. The, not, this not, was not the response I was expecting. No, this is the exact response I was expecting. Uh, well. Um like Ian, Ian digs in for comedy. Matt has this is the first chips Matt has ever seen in his life. So terrible. Yeah, there's um there's a certain nostalgia connected to the theme song and the show and everything. Um, but I watched a couple clips earlier today and like it's couple it's a chips good show. clips. Oh, look, it was a great show. It's to... it it's still a good show. Larry Wilcox and um, Eric Estrada still work great together. Their on screen chemistry still plays great. Because they were sleeping together. Years it's, later. it's clear that they're in love. I don't know what problem you have with homosexuality tonight, but there's no place for oh, it on this podcast. Oh, right? I have I have none. It's just the it's the explanation for all the unbeatable chemistry. Yeah, the um the the intro, it's no Thundercats, it's no Transformers, it's no Unsolved Mysteries. And it's pretty boring. It's just like some close ups of these two dudes driving, but the actual show is one of the best 70s action shows. That was just, an action show? I'm just saying that that's yeah. what... That's oh, the, that's the, the impression, impression that I got. Was what it, the show's about. It was an extremely progressive look on the work-life dynamic of uh, a couple. No, that's, yeah. that's all I'm saying, Paul. I don't know what problem you have with actual, what I'm saying. The actual show is the A-Team with licensed uh, officials. What? Bringing down the bad guys. Oh, uh, okay. Because the A-team are fucking thugs. Chunk thugs. Vigilantes. Right. These guys would bust the A-team. Not really. These they guys would get murdered. <laughs> the Their pants are too tight to go toe-to-toe yeah, to like, toe with Mr. Like, Tony. Yeah, yeah, the, the intro's soft. The video's soft. I love, I love the song. I love the, like, uh, just the 70s-ness of it. I love the way the horns are brought in. The fucking bass line is killer. The big heavy drums in the beginning, it's its so good. The way it all layers together, the song itself, great song. Dated, absolutely. Still a great song. Who wants it next, Ian or Brian? I oh, went Brian. Already. Brian, oh, oh, yeah. Brian took it, and Matt, you took it already? I didn't go yet. Do you want it, do you want it or do you want me? Uh, you, you can go. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it up here a little bit. 
I know we've we've hung into our sweet spot of nostalgia, 70s, 80s. That's kind of where we, we, we grew up. I'm going to take it forward and also take it backwards. Stranger Things, the theme song to Stranger Things. Pretty it's a new, new theme song, but it's pretty heavily influenced by the 80s, the horror. Um, Brian, honestly, I didn't have this loaded up until you picked Unsolved Mysteries. And I, re- I remembered how much I really like the opening nice. title sequence uh, to Stranger Things and Unsolved Mysteries and the horror sort of like vibe that that gave me just reminded me how much I like that. It's thing. like John Carpenter wrote it himself. Absolutely. It's phenomenal. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries also reminded me of Stranger Things. Let's Matt, hear it. play that song, yo. I will. hype surrounding Stranger Things. I don't want how cool this intro is to get lost. Like, there was something special when Stranger Things came out for the first season. It was so genuine. It felt like it was something from the 80s that you had just never seen. Mm-hmm. And the intro, the way, you know, the authentic sound of the music... Uh, the authentic way the title comes in, it's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And I hope that as season two comes out, and if that's successful and it keeps getting successful, I don't want the the way this is such a unique property bringing back some 80s stuff. Like, I don't want that to get lost because it's really special what they did with this theme. Yeah, I, I kind of think that they could even... Um... Just speaking about the show, if they would have put some filters on it and made it look aged, it might have felt, it, it might have been something where you're like, oh, is this something that they just like, they never produced and they never put out there? There are some and, filters on it. It's yeah. definitely meant to look older if you yeah. really look at it. Uh, I think that theme is so good. Out of like anything new in the last however many years, I I think that... Uh, that that's phenomenal. And, and if I may, Paul, I want to piggyback your unpopular opinions, but I'm going to keep it a little more relevant. I think the Game of Thrones theme kind of sucks. Oh. I think How it's, about that? I think it is wildly, wildly overrated. I think it's a shitty poor man's version of like a Lord of the Rings. Kind of like the show itself? Yeah. <laughs> oh! oh! Shit! Shots fired! Um, I will agree with with that. I don't like the opening theme all that much. Like, I don't get jazzed up Mm-mm. right here. The Whenever, and I see people... I'm just like, oh, that's cool, you know? I see people Thrones is talk on. about it like it's, like, 
incredible, as if it's like a John Williams suite. And it's like, get out of my face with your garbage opinion of fantasy music. I do like the in-world song, The Reigns of Castamere. Sing it. How, like, <laughs> I, I, I will not sing it. We'll, we can play it if we want to. Well, I kind of want to hear you sing it. That'll... I'm not going to sing The Reigns of Castamere. But I like the... Um, I like that one of the characters has an iconic song that's known all throughout the lands of Westeros that it's something to be feared and, and also by certain sections to be celebrated. And it, it is also played as background music um, throughout the th- throughout the, the show to kind of hint at when they're, the Lannisters are having... Uh, you know, dipping their 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 hands into events and changing the course of events, like the Red Wedding. They start playing the Reigns of Castamere to signal, "Hey, everybody, get out of here and lock the doors because we're gonna spoilers kill some fucking people." <laughs> but yes, but, I agree. the The opening theme not all that good. It, it really isn't. It's I mean, it's not like it's bad. It's just not that great. Do people treat it like it is? I feel like they do. I've never heard any Game of Thrones theme. Like, I feel like you'll you'll see people doing, like, covers of it on YouTube, playing it on the guitar, piano, whatever. Uh, it is iconic. Like, people know it, it so... It is, but... Like, I just... I feel like for a show as grandiose as Game of Thrones, that song, that opening theme, should have a way more grand sound than, than that. I think that melody... Just kind of, it's just kind of like whatever. I don't feel like it fits the uh, the actual show. <clears throat> I think it works. I think this is. I think this is a personal preference. It absolutely is. Yeah. Um. And is I this know, me like going you're... against the grain a little bit? No, no, not at all. I think this is a very valid point by you because you you're um you're a score guy. You know, you pay attention to a lot of that stuff in a lot more detail than than we do. Um, I think it works fine for the show. I think its notoriety and popularity is about aligned for what it is. I don't think it's something as good as the animated series theme. No. Um, but it's you know it's something that's famous because the show's famous. See, Brian sure. Brian has a hotter take. Why do you not like Game of Thrones, buddy? Brian doesn't like sword and sorcery. Oh uh, no, I don't. Brian yeah, doesn't no. even like comic books. Wait, you like He Man? Oh, that's yeah, why I know, but that's like, it's different. It's nostalgia. Well, it's not just nostalgia. Sword it's and just... sorcery and science. You had the science, and suddenly it's acceptable. That's where you get Brian. He's a man of science. Right. Like I that's kind of like what Star Wars is, really. <laughs> right. Do you like Star Wars? Oh yeah, I love Star Wars. Right. Star Wars is kind of like sword and sorcery. It's got wizards and princesses, it's but it's science also got... and sorcery and science swords. Right. Science. A lot of science here. Science sword? She, she blinded what, me with science sword. Is that what Braun is? A science sword? <laughs> yes, he is a science sword. Deep cut for all you Game of Thrones fans. I'm going to get death threats now because my unpopular opinion of Game well, of Thrones. You haven't, you haven't watched any shows regularly since 1993. <laughs> you haven't even finished Stranger Things. How do you watch eight episodes of a ten-episode season? And Actually, stop. Stranger Things is only eight episodes. How do you watch six episodes of an eight-episode season and stop? I, I didn't that, stop. I'm just, with you. I'm just taking my time. I didn't get there yet. You know what? He's right. When, He's just when did you about. watch episode six? How long ago was that? Uh, when did it come out? 
Last came out last July. So probably last August. Okay. You're He's like, this is the penultimate <laughs> you, episode. You no, I'm just gonna. No, I haven't. I'm I'm gonna watch the rest because I'm really excited about the next season. Actually. Stranger Things. Yeah. You don't. Ha, ha, the last two episodes may totally change your mind on that. I bet you might won't. be like, "Fuck this show." After no, you watch no the way. last two no episodes. Way. You don't know. I don't know, but I'm willing to bet I'm gonna like it. Ian, do you have a favorite drama? Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, Matt, I, do I do drama? actually. It was Stranger Things. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I do though. Let us know. Uh, well, we haven't talked about this one. Uh, Ian, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it in the '80s, firmly planted in the '80s, uh, and I'm gonna go with a great action show. Well, okay, I can't say if it's a great action show because I was not a regular watcher of this show. I remember it would come on and I would see the beginning, but I you're I never, a retroactive watcher. Well, not even shows. that. Not even that. Well, yes, I am, but specifically for this show. I don't know if I ever watched a full episode, but I remember it like, I don't remember Chips at all, right? But I remember this show. Well, Matt, you get a lot of benefits from being a Lashkey kid by seeing a lot of episodes of Chips and or, Roseanne and Mama's Family or on the original airings. Or a Lashkey 21-year-old. Whatever. Fair enough. So, um... That's Matt, right? The Lashkey 21-year-old? Mm. You. Chips and A Team and all that shit were on when I was a kid. Oh, okay. Uh, I was referencing the time that the times that you skipped school. Oh, or yeah, yeah, right. As a callback to earlier was, parts of this episode. Latch key team or twenty college. Uh, fucking yeah, adult. Latch thirty year old. Latch, 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 latch collegiate. <laughs> Uh, so, okay. So, anyway. <laughs> the show that I remember from when I was a kid uh, was was very like synonymous with shows like Magnum PI, which Ooh. had a great theme. The Absolutely, A-team, another great theme. But this one, I think, stands above them, and it is Airwolf, mm. the mm. the helicopter action TV show. Paul, now this is what a beginning of a show is like that is all about fun and action and and. Well, that's it. Fun in action. Not driving casually down the highway in some kind of synchronized motorcycle ride. Here we go. So here we go. <laughs> here we go, Brian. This is this is what it's all about.
So the thing about Airwolf, and I know that that was a little bit Trans-Siberian Orchestra, but holy crap, especially the beginning and then that that heavy melody that runs through. It's so memorable and powerful. And then you mix it in with those awesome visuals of that helicopter flying around. You just don't see helicopters like that anymore, Brian. No, you don't. What's the last helicopter show we've seen? I feel like they feel intimidated by Airwolf. Who peaked at Airwolf? We can't compete with Airwolf. Ian, have you seen a helicopter show since Airwolf? No, I can't say that I have. I right. feel like I don't it's... think there is one. But there's some cool helicopter stuff out there, right? Like Magnum PI had from... some cool helicopter stuff. You had some cool helicopter stuff in in Rambo. Yeah. First some, Blood Part 2. There was helicopter you, stuff in the 18. You too, had right? yeah. You had a great video game series called Desert Strike, and then you got into Soviet Strike Jungle. Remember those games, Jungle Strike? Yeah, I do. You played like a, especially the first one, the helicopter. Uh, Matt said that was, to purposely leave himself hanging, but Briz was right on it. He's the new element to the show. <laughs> The first one was Desert Strike because they were they were riding the coattails of the wildly popular Desert Storm. And then they make this video game where you're this helicopter flying around shooting all these... They, they didn't say that they were Iraqis, but you know, they were Iraqis. And you'd shoot them up and then you'd have to find like other crashed helicopters and you'd have like your, your allied pilots waving their arms. You have to fly above them and a little rope would come down and then they'd go up into the helicopter. You, you remember this. Could you I shoot do. those dudes? You could. I, okay, now I remember. I yeah, think it was on the Sega. very anti-American. It was on shooting. the Sega Genesis, Paul. <clears throat> Never played it. That's okay. It's a great game. If you ever want to go back and have a little helicopter nostalgia, go back and check those games out. Absolutely. Uh, before we dive into our favorite sitcom themes, uh, our good friend of the podcast, Larry Ganny, host of the Guest Room Podcast, uh, reminded me tonight, though I was already going to make a note of uh, this gentleman's contributions to the world of television theme songs. Composer Mike Post, who is pretty much responsible for all of our favorite theme songs from the 70s, 80s, and early 90s. Mike Post won awards for The Rockford Files, L.A. Law, Hunter, NYPD Blue. Ooh, Hunter. He's also Hunter. responsible for forgot about that one. The A-Team, Blossom, Chips, the Kamish, Doogie Hauser, Greatest American Hero, Hardcastle and McCormick, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, News Radio, Renegade, Silk Stockings. He wrote all Everyone's these? favorite, um, you know, early teenage stroke fest material on USA. Uh, wise Guy, Law and Order, and Diagnosis Murder. So, this is a, not a podcast, yeah. but a postcast. Yeah, dude fucking killed it so we tip our hats to you mike post for he owning definitely made his presence felt genre in the theme world songs. Of television. your serials may be subpar but your <laughs> theme songs are are like golden golden grams that's a callback the last episode everyone when long we talked about cereal for long, two hours long time fans paul i would love for you to kick off sitcoms 
you being our resident TV guy, I feel like nobody at this table, no offense to anyone else, uh, knows TV the way Paul knows TV. Can't argue with that. And I, I'm just I curious. Know, buddy. I, think, I, think, I think you would. Well, I mean... Not current TV. <laughs> no. Post Pre-1993. Paul, what sitcom has the best theme song ever? And there's a couple to pick from. Yeah, I don't know what theme song... Just a couple. I don't know what theme song has the best... Well, to you. I don't know what show has the best theme song ever, but if if someone had a gun to my head and Did I had anybody to pick have a gun on them, a favorite theme song. I don't. I don't know if I could do it. Well, that's the point of the podcast here tonight. So you're gonna have to, or somebody's gonna have to pull out. A How gun. about if somebody had a mic to your mouth? Would you be able to do it then? Oh no! The answer's no. <laughs> oh well. I can't do All that. right, Matt, go ahead, man. He's he's fucking no. He's I'm gonna. I'm kind of torn on this one too, honestly. Yeah, I, like I'm really. Do you want to pass? On this one? Like, do you want to no, like feel no. it out? If I need to, if I need to pick one, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna pick it. Uh, as as much as I hate to hurt the feelings of the runner-up theme song. Holy fuck! My favorite theme song is Mr. Belvedere. Wow. Unexpected winner. It's the so dark unique. horse. It's so unique. It's so different. It doesn't sound like any other theme song. It's whimsical, but it has a ton of heart. I love this fucking theme song. There's hope. There's hope in the Mr. Belvedere well, theme lyrics. song. Usually are, a, yeah. lot, a lot of these themes tonight, we haven't had lyrics. So lyrics are big. They can really carry a song into new territory. Matt, can you key up Mr. Belvedere? I sure can. Here we go. Streaks on the china never mattered before. Who cared when you drop kicked your jacket as you came through the door? No one glared, but sometimes things get turned around and no one spared. All hands look out below There's a change in the status quo Gonna need all the help that we can get According to our new arrival Life is more than mere survival We just might live the good life yet Weird premise for a show. Yeah, well, like, I don't remember how they come upon Mr. Belvedere. It like, looked like he was hitchhiking to right, Pittsburgh. Right. You pause from it. England. From England. <laughs> That's a long ass ride. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't seen the show in a long time. I'm going there. I don't remember how they come upon him. I don't. He, while he is like Mary Poppins, I don't think. He's like Mary Poppins in the way that he's magical and can sense who needs help in the world right. and shows up at their doorstep. Right. I, I'm not, and I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that he's but magical. While we were watching this, Matt was like, what a what a weird premise for a sitcom. But I don't think it is a weird premise for a sitcom to have, like, the, the, <coughs> like the outcast show up and it's, you know, the fish out of water scenario. Sure. Who's the boss did it? Just... 
you know, they just flipped it where... Wasn't there more of an organic way that Tony Danza shows up yeah, there? Yeah, he needed, he needed work. He was a, yeah. he was a uh, failing boxer that took a job as a nanny. But still, the, the dynamic was set where, like, you know, Tony's the roughhouse guy working for the fancy family, and Mr. Belvedere was flipped where it was the roughhouse family with the fancy butler. Right. So, it's just, you know, fish out of water, you know, you know, bristling personalities. That's your classic, classic setup. How many seasons did that run? It ran for six seasons, from okay. 85 to 90. Wow, nine. I, I thought that was... Done before then. I thought, uh, yeah, I thought it uh, ended way before then, too. It, I don't, does anybody else get, like, this pedophile vibe when you watch that? Or is it Pedophilic just... Pedophilic from Mr. Belvedere? I don't know. This no, guy shows up, I, I feel like he diddles the kids or something. No, I don't think that, I think he, like, robs the family. That's what I... Is that I, what it is? Yeah, that's and what And maybe I fingers the kids? I don't know. Distant. No fingers, no fingers. Just, just theft okay I, just, I, it was the predominant feeling I was getting I was like get that man out of your house he doesn't belong there <laughs> he's too proper Not, to finger those kids you've clearly never seen Mr. Belvedere I have seen it but it's been a while I, I've probably seen every episode because Mr. Belvedere's Christopher Hewitt is nothing but warm and fuzzy like he is the he is the male Mary Poppins. Warm and fuzzy testicles, probably, in mm-hmm. Wesley's it's, mouth. It's, it's shocking. I like how this conversation started out with him not being Mary Poppins and then quickly flipped once <laughs> well, we introduced pedophilia. Into like I it. said, he doesn't have the magical properties of Mary Poppins. Correct. But he is Mary Poppins ish. And Matt, I'm shocked that you get any weirdness. I I'm sorry. It's just I got like this. This overwhelming did, did sense you have, of darkness. Did you have a housekeeper from England as a child? Do you want to open up to us about was anything? This, I mean, it was Pittsburgh, so... Well, I I know that Pittsburgh was the hotbed for English, English butlers to come to in the 80s, but... Hey, they needed a rough not, and tumble family. Or not, the Casale family did not have a butler back in the 80s. Did you have an Uncle Belvedere? Uh, Is there not, something you want to tell us? Not that I can remember, no. Um, you would block that out. I probably would. However, this Mr. Belvedere, I'm telling you, touches. Nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> Even I have to say, how dare you, yeah, sir? It's, it's ridiculous. I don't Mr. get that Belvedere vibe at all. Mr. Belvedere is the epitome of class and style. He's everything you want from a butler. I love the theme song. I love how it's so goofy and different. It's so like nineteen twenties. Yeah. Uh, the the like ragtime piano and everything, and I love the message that things are gonna get better. Who wants to go next? I'll go next. On that same vibe of things are going to get better, and this was tough because I had a tough time narrowing it down to like three, but. My all-time favorite has got to be the Perfect Strangers theme song. Mm. I might cry. It might make me yeah, cry. Yeah, right I'll now. probably try to drive my car off a cliff on the way home tonight. But um, not until we get those matching motorcycles, buddy. All right, let's do that. <laughs> we can ride them off a cliff together. <laughs> Tune in next week to Matt and Ian's <laughs> '90s Image Podcast. <laughs> Next week, the Matt Sauce video game podcast. <laughs> now, what is it about Perfect Strangers that that you love so much 
it's just so classic. Um, I I don't even like. It's just everything about it. I don't even know where to break it down. Mm-hmm. It's just so good. Um, I know it's one of Paul's favorites too. See, I've had this conversation many times over the years. If if you if you didn't we go are, first, that's that was my pick. Oh really? Yeah. Um, I have a. Backup. It was my pick as well. Really? No shit. Really? We'll have to bring it in with that. Yeah, because wow. that's I had the I had the lyrics like right up on my screen. That is awesome. Like that's because that's that, the that, fucking one, man. That just goes to show how good it really is. Yeah. And I know I don't. Perfect Strangers, easy number three. If which Joe is, Saxman listens to the podcast, I know he. Yeah. He does. He does, but he doesn't tell me about it very often. I know that would probably be his pick too, because yeah. he. To this day, still texts me about that. I think it's it. I'll save it for when we're actually recording. But oh, we're not. Are we? Yeah, we're. Oh, I I thought. Are we? I thought we were gonna play it. Well, we can whenever you're ready. But we're still recording. Oh, okay. (laughs) I didn't say anything that you know. Yeah, Perfect Strangers would be number three easy between the first two gun to my head picks and then hands down Perfect Strangers. I think this is the most. Um, like there is the most competition for this sitcom slot. It seems like the best theme songs were saved for sitcoms, which is weird. But whenever I was going through this, this is the category I had the most uh, difficult time narrowing down. And Perfect Strangers kind of sets the template for a lot of the theme songs that are going to come later. So, yeah. Well, why don't we give it a listen, Ian? Let's do it. comedy of Marklin Baker and Bronson Pinchot, but watching back as an adult, those guys were so fucking good at acting in that series. They were fantastic. Yeah, they were incredible together. Magic. Like, just like Eric Estrada and um, the guy that played John. His name escapes me right now. Uh, I thought you guys were big were, fans. I thought this were, was your favorite show. Well, ever. Magic. Oh no, I can't think of his name. I got Bronson Pinchot stuck in my head. Yeah, yeah, the the physical comedy that those guys did on, on Perfect Strangers, especially in the block, with um, you know around the same time as Full House, that that was something completely different that I didn't understand as a kid. That later on, I I, I, I could recognize. TV gold. 
That theme song is so good, and it has that that underlying sadness with yep. the hope that it's going to get better. I'm on my way. Here it comes. But it I, won't. I think it's... <laughs> see, I think, <laughs> I think it's more optimism than the underlying sadness. Like, it, right. it is all, like, we're soaring through right. the clouds because, to yeah, our dreams shit. But you have to... You, the song comes from being down into right. here we come, we're finally making this Absolutely. So, Brian, that's your pick, huh? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Without it's, a doubt. Yeah. I mean, there were some other ones that were really, really close. It was it was tough to just pick one, but, you know, if I got to go one, I got to go with that. Well, that's a damn strong one. Ian, I think you have a... That was going to be your pick that as was, well. Yeah, I mean, what, what we've learned tonight is that the Perfect Strangers theme song is the perfect theme song for all of us. I think that it ranks very high on all of our our scales. It's it makes all of our top 3 sitcom lists. Yeah, and for 3 out of the 4, it's the number 1. But since we're doing a show where we'd like to, you know, bring some more theme songs in. My, it was that song was written by Jesse Frederick and Bennett Salve. They also did Full House Step by Step you wanna, Family Matters, which would be my my theme song then, Family Matters, going in the same vibe, the same block of TGIF, building the franchise that built our childhood. The TGIF. Same, the same yellow font. And like Perfect Strangers also takes place in Chicago. Because it's a spin-off. You spin off uh, the the you know, the family Carl uh, Carl Winslow. Carl Winslow was a uh, his his wife worked with at the newspaper, right? Really? Yes. Yeah. And Carl. Family Matters yes. is a spinoff of Perfect Strangers. It absolutely you is. How did his, I not his, know that? His wife worked in the building with Larry. She was the elevator attendant, right? And and Carl Winslow was in that show. He had some cameos here and there, and it spun off as like traveling with that family How to the see. Fuck! Did I miss that? Because wow. you, you know why, Brian. You know why. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we why don't we play Family Matters theme song? Let's do it. It's a rare condition this day and age to read in a good news on the newspaper page. Love and tradition of the grand design Some people say it's even harder to find Well then there must be some magic clue Mother the blues with tenderness 
Ryan's initial response to that video was, wow, black people. Uh, <laughs> is that why Brian's not on the show very often? I'll tell you what I was really surprised about watching that was that the original season one intro is Steve Urkel free. Well, he wasn't a big yeah, character. He, he wasn't, wasn't a main point of the show until later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he became the show after a while, correct? Yeah. Like, he became pretty much the main character. Yeah, but he... Much I don't like know Sophia if he was on even... the Golden Girls. And much like Michelle on Full House. You got it, dude. Oh. It hurts, because Full House was so good. I don't... I feel like I, I was getting out of watching sitcoms by the later seasons of Family Matters and by the time Step by Step rolled around. Um, but, like, Full House was so good until the show became about not the dads. The first couple seasons are about the dads, and it's so fucking good. And then Michelle could talk, and she can say cute things, and then every storyline came to Michelle show. Michelle and it's stunk. And that's kind of the same way Family Matters was. Yep. Where it just became the Urkel show, and then like he became such a famed scientist that he could bring a different version of himself yeah. into the universe as Stefan, and just utter utter nonsense. Got away from the core. But Ian, uh, why do but, you like that that theme song so much? Ah, uh, it has the same kind of um, hopefulness that the Perfect Strangers theme song has. Um, it, I feel like it's an extension, an extension of that family, since it is a spinoff, and it has all of the same themes, um, only uh, urban, you know. When, <laughs> urban, Jesus, not even <laughs> close. It seems like the bulk of these sitcom theme songs are really about lyrically, like family and friendship. Like that's the enduring qualities of the lyrics in these. Songs. And when you watch Carl Winslow come down the steps at the beginning of that theme, with that is big old sweater, oh, is that? Yeah. Like, well, he's in his uniform. Well, in the no, not no, in the one this, that we saw, sweater, yeah. but yeah, a lot of times he's in his uniform. But when he wears a sweater, he puts that perv Cosby to shame. That's right. He's the dad that we all needed back then. So anyway, the Cosby Show is my pick. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's actually a pretty good. Well, well they change their theme every. Well, Name every season. So, yeah, Ian, I think is did, that, yeah. did that have any bearing on, like, why you picked that song? Why you liked that show? Did it matter that, like, this that, was a primetime black family in your age bracket? Because when the Cosby show was out, you were too young. Oh, uh, no, I'm, my family watched the Cosby show. I'm, it was, I, it really didn't resonate with me. It was, it was cool to see a different family on TV than what you normally got to see, because back in the 80s, you pretty much only had... Uh, the Cosby, but family, but then go, growing into the '90s, you got a lot of different, yeah. um, <clears throat> different kinds of families on TV. The, the ironically, the closest one to my family is probably Roseanne. It, it's probably Roseanne. <laughs> no, I mean like Blackish is sort of like close to, yeah. even though you know the mother's just mixed, not white. Um, but that experience is the closest thing to what I see. Uh, but it, that doesn't really have a big effect on why I like that theme song. I like... Um, I was I, a little too young to really see all together. of those things. Yeah. yeah. I like Blackish a lot. I wish it had an actual theme. It doesn't. It just has a couple xylophone notes. Minimalistic. Mm. 
Who's left to pick speaking, sitcoms? Speaking of a minimalistic theme song, I always thought The Shield had a remarkably uh, quick, which I appreciate, a quick theme song, get right into the show, but holy crap. That might take the cake for like quickest theme song. I don't know. <laughs> it had the lyrics in it. Where, ah! Yeah, I don't know. You're gonna have to play for the. Yeah, oh, play. you know, let's squeeze that one in here just for fun. Did I tell you that was quick or what? Holy smokes! So quick to the point. Uh, lyrics are just a scream, actually two screams, and then you're into the show. So, S.H.I.E.L.D. was Michael Chiklis. Mm-hmm. What's the show about Baltimore cops that everyone raves about? The Wire. The Wire. I haven't seen either. The Wire has, they have the same theme song every year, but it's done in a different style each of the five seasons. So, it... it same lyrics and everything, same song, but just done in a different style. The th- <clears throat> the theme for um, or the the first season of the Shield is <clears throat> really really good, like really good TV. Um, I don't know if you can stream it anywhere. That's my problem. Like I'd know. love to. It was a show on FX. Um, Maybe it's in the FX library. Or I something. know that. I might be able to hunt down the DVDs for you to borrow, at the very least. Cool. Um, but you know what I would like you to hunt down now? My my pick for my favorite um, sitcom theme song uh, that isn't Perfect Strangers. After some thought, I don't know if this qualifies. If it doesn't, I do have a backup. So you can you can let me know, Paul, if this is legal or not. I'm does sure the, he will. Does The Muppet Show count? as a sitcom theme song. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. If that's the Why case, wouldn't it count? Because uh, it's more of a variety show. It's sitcom, situational, yeah. comedy. I don't know if that is what The Muppet Show is, but it definitely doesn't fall into drama. No, but or The Muppet it's, Show it's was like a half hour it's a on sit- prime time. Like, it's okay. a sitcom like with the framing of a variety show. But it's not like a legitimate variety. Like, you didn't pick... Um, the X Factor. Right. It's it's not that far removed from Paul's choice in Mr. Belvedere. You take out the lyrics and you've got kind of those the, the big fat horn sounding stuff and and the bass and, and you have it. So I'm just gonna get right into it and, and play it. It's the Muppet Show with our special guest star, Miss Ruth Buzzy. Celebration of 
So I actually don't remember all the lyrics to it, but I remember that main theme that goes through it, and it's so freaking iconic. Um, and uh, I don't know, I just I really like that <laughs> the sound that Electric Mayhem provides all the time. That's Doctor Doctor Teeth's band. Mm-hmm. Doctor Teeth is the best. Love that dude. He kind of is. Thought Janice was the best. Uh, that you like Janice. You wanted to have sex with her. 70s and long straight hair. Big, t- <laughs> big teeth. Actually, <laughs> big teeth? she didn't have teeth. Big lips and a really prominently hanging uvula. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> oh, this is getting I weird. So. How disgusting. No man. more weird than Matt thinking Mr. Belvedere was Mr. Pedophile. I don't Mr. Know Touch a Kid. Yeah, I, I don't, like, that was such a weird um, choice that you picked the Candace Bergen intro from the 70s because, like, Ian and I said, we don't know her from anything but Murphy Brown, which yeah. was, like... Mid to late 80s. Late 80s? Yeah, so I was and like, what's no Candace Ma- Bergen known for in the 70s? Right, and no Miss Piggy? Yeah, that, that is that intro? weird. We'll have to um, look into this. But yeah, Muppets, a uh, good theme that reminded me of yeah. the Fraggle Rock theme. Oh shit! Another great man. Rock. That's a great that's, one. That's yeah, a Waterboy really good one. one that I Actually, about. Fraggle Rock might be. Yeah, what? Fuck, play Fra- Fraggle Rock. Go. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> camera off mic that Fraggle Rock is a better theme than the Muppet Show and, and you all heard it yourselves. You can't argue with it. Yes, it's better. So We're sitting here jamming, we're clapping, we're singing, speculating why the Fraggles would eat the Dozer's construction. Shit. Like, you know, well, yeah, I said <laughs> do the Fraggles eat the Dozer's shit? Like, is that their thing? <laughs> and Paul says, no, they eat the things that the dozers are building, which I meant shit as I didn't stuff. mean like stuff. yeah, there's stuff, they're not as like do the dozers poop into the mouths of the fraggles, and that's their well, they might meals that for the day. I didn't mean that. This is HBO, no limits. Right, this isn't TV. This is dozer poop. And as, <laughs> dozer poop. As I said, going into the fraggle theme, I have. I feel the same way about Fraggle Rock as I do with Goonies. I have no sentimental attachment. I have no nostalgia. I know That's those things exist. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. It's not. Well, I, know those I, things exist. I then followed it with saying, I hate Goonies. Is yeah. that more ridiculous or less? That's more, yeah, that's more ridiculous. I don't even... I know they exist. I know they were part of my childhood. But 
I don't, I have no opinion on them either way. But I know that song in and out for not having seen it, and I think that's points towards Travel Rock. So not let's, the, not the let's veto Matt's decision for <laughs> right. the Muppets and then bestow upon him Fraggle Rock. Fraggle Rock it is. <laughs> Paul, I think I think that covers it. I think that covers all three categories. We all picked our favorites. Yeah, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up tonight. I wanna give one sitcom honorable mention for the Charles in Charge season Ooh. two theme, which is one A and one B with Mr. Belvedere for what? favorite favorite sitcom what is it i agree that the season two charles in charge theme is probably better but you seem to have a strong dislike for season one it's very different yeah uh, see, it's the same melody but a totally different it's definitely this, the second version is definitely a more of a rock vibe yeah season oh, one's a little a little softer eases you into it it, it picks up like the, the tempo picks up in both of them but the second one just rocks a little bit harder Rock, rocking relatively for an 86. Right, it's, it's Charles Rock. It's more aggressive for sure. It reflects uh, Nicole Eggert's presence on the show. Though, um, the... Because I felt a little rock in my pants when I would watch when she was on, if you know what I mean. Though, yeah. um, I, I can't remember the Pemberton girl's name, the, the girl from season one. Season one, the, the Pembrokes was the family, Lila Pembroke. Yeah. Season one, it was the Pembrokes, and then season two, the Powells took over. That was uh, Jody Davis, Nicole Egger. Right. But everyone thinks Nicole Egger, Nicole Egger, oh, oh. But Lila Pembroke, way underrated. That chick was super pretty. Super sexy. Super sexy. Yeah. Like, at this, like, back then, I'd have probably, not knowing any better, I probably would have picked Nicole Egger, but right now... I'm going to go Lila Pembroke. That said, Nicole Eggers' theme song way better. I'll give you that. That's going to wrap it up for the McSauce podcast tonight. Brian, thanks so much for hanging out, talking theme songs with us. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to play you that uh, Unsolved Mysteries song one more time before you leave. So you're scared of going to your car? Yeah, I'm already a little scared, so... That's going to do it for us tonight. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. We'll see you next time.